Remain seated, please. Permanecer sentados, por favor. The marvelous galaxy. The uh, Disney, yeah. Hello, and thank you for joining us for this week's Marvelous Galaxy of Disney. My name is Sean. This is Alan. Sure. I don't know you know how to speak whale. I don't. Are you calling me fat? <laughs> wow. No. Yeah, so we've got some news for you today. We have uh, maybe an actor playing, a new actor, I should say, playing Iron Man in uh, Multiverse of Madness. Oh, I'm excited for that. Are you? It is. An announcement about Disneyland Paris. Uh, somebody apparently dressing up as Spider-Man and uh, <laughs> climbing up buildings. Uh, an update on the Moana series. Uh, some fantastic news. The other day we went to Lunar New Year and we've got some thoughts for you <laughs> on it. Uh, we've got a review of the Moon Knight trailer. Have you heard of Chewbacca's? <laughs> <laughs> I read the Life Day comic, and we've got, of course, a spoiler-filled Book of Boba episode four for you. Yeah. Yeah. And then we'll close it off with our favorite moments. We do every episode. As we do every episode, as is tradition. <laughs> yeah. All right. Do you want to kick us off? Yeah. Kick. Ow. Good. So now that that's out of the way, um, how dare you? <laughs> uh, Disneyland Paris actually posted, I think, on their Twitter account, just a teaser of something exciting is dropping in January twenty fourth. So stay tuned. Um, the twenty fourth is actually when this episode comes out. So um, yeah, when you have a chance, check out their. Actually, it's on Instagram. Sorry, not Twitter. Um, and check out their story on the Disneyland Paris site or. Uh, page account um, <laughs> and find out what it is. Uh, some people are saying it's might have to do with something for their 30th anniversary, which is happening this year. Um, but yeah, we'll provide some updates about it in the next episode once we see it. Yay! Yeah. Speaking of climbing up a building, <laughs> <laughs> so apparently this past uh, Thursday, of course in LA of all places, yeah. it's always LA. <laughs> On uh, 408 South Spring Street, which is apparently the Continental Building, mm -hmm. there is a person dressed as Spider-Man <laughs> climbing up the building. The police got a helicopter to come be like, what the heck is going on? <laughs> and I love how it says a person who may have been dressed as Wolverine from X-Men. Yeah. So I guess that wasn't a very good cosplay if he may have been dressed as Wolverine. But um, they were climbing the building and they unfurled a sign that encouraged Marvel to reach out, and he gave the phone number for Marvel to reach them. I think he's a few years too late to, to get casted for Spider-Man. Yeah, well, I mean, we've got, like, the multiverse Spider-Man going on, so he could be, like, a fourth, but, yeah, Wolverine. <laughs> Wolverine, like, they're still apparently casting. Do they know that X-Men isn't part of the MCU? Well, that's why they were climbing the building, so it can be. It's about to be yeah. integrated, Alan. Did I tell you my theory on how the X-Men are coming into the Oh, no. Are they, does it involve climbing down a building in downtown Los Angeles? It does now. <laughs> People are crazy. Yeah. You know what else is crazy? Me. Other things that are crazy? <laughs> what? Um, so, on someone's TikTok, someone actually posted a production error that they found in the Book of Boba. What is it? And this kind of rings into, or a reminder of kind of the, like, jeans-ish debacle, I think, that happened in The Mandalorian. Well, um, and I believe it's episode three, this person uh, posted on TikTok, and they're... Their uh, TikTok handle is Tan Solo BF2. If you want to check it out, uh, basically this gaff is, uh, you know how sometimes buildings are hollow um, when you kind of look over them. Well, um, that's what they saw. Basically, the camera saw an, a hollowed out building very quickly, though it wasn't like focus on it too much. Um, so yeah, that was just a little like snafu that happened, which was. I'm just like, I don't know how you can catch it, because I did look at it, and it was really quick. So 
Sometimes, like, yeah, I wonder, how do you notice these things? Like, how many times do you think he watched it to notice that? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Because, yeah, when I, when I watch it for the first time, I usually don't notice a lot of the subtilities, like, um, uh, Cam and Fixer's names. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's amazing that he spotted that. But, yeah, I, I just sometimes wonder, like... How many times did you watch it, and was he, like, looking for stuff in the background? Yeah, it's this thing, too. It's, like, was he just kind of, like, wanting to see something? It's, like, is he the type that likes to troll things? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Speaking of being a troll... <laughs> wait. <laughs> so, a little over a year ago, we got an announcement that Disney would be making a TV series out of two... Newer Disney animated films that did very well, mm-hmm. uh, Moana and Princess and the Frog. And then we haven't heard anything. <laughs> <laughs> so we finally got some news about Moana, at least. Mm-hmm. So it looks like we have uh, David G. Derek Jr. will actually direct the animated show. And this will be the first animated series coming from the Disney Vancouver Studios. Okay. And the things that I like about this uh, director, David, is that, number one, he worked on the Moana film in 2016, but he's also Samoan, so we should get a continuation of kind of the beliefs and culture of the Samoans in the from the Moana movie in the Moana series. Yeah, I think it's awesome that, they're, <clears throat> that they made this choice, uh, just because, you know, it, it helps bring authenticity to the story and basically you know not an outsider's view of this culture um so i'm glad they made this decision and i'm looking forward to the series coming out on disney plus yeah and along with the series it looks like they're starting on a moana inspired attraction Mm -hmm. at epcot yeah it's like a walkthrough attraction um it's like a garden looking kind of thing so probably just walk through and see a lot of like beautiful Yeah, a lot of beautiful topiaries and waterfalls. So really cool. I'm excited to see how this um, turns out in in real life. Yeah, me too. And I'll definitely be watching both of those series with strong uh, female characters who are different races than me. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? Doesn't have to involve race. Fantasmic! Yeah, I love Fantasmic <laughs> so much! So we know that Fantasmic is back, and this just kind of gives, this little piece of news gives uh, more uh, excitement for it to come back, as we know this is kind of like giving it a step closer. Basically, there's reports that both Disneyland Resort and Walt Disney World have been doing rehearsals um, in the parks for Fantasmic. Um, so that means that it should be coming out soon. I'm I'm excited to see what they're going to change or if they're going to change anything at all. But I just it's just a fun show. I love it. I remember <laughs> this was probably what like 15 years ago when they brought Fantasmic back and they used like a smaller company to do all the uh, animatronics. Mhm. So this small company, this poor company, pretty much got ruined from working with Disney because they weren't equipped to make these huge showy animatronics. So like the dragon didn't work forever. Oh no. Yeah, because it broke and they were trying to fix it for a long time. And then I think Ursula broke at one point and it was just very sad. Like, Disney kind of sued this small company for, like, making them look bad. But I'm like, we probably shouldn't have used them in the first yeah. place. So hopefully we don't have a big snafu like that. Hopefully it goes well this time. Hopefully. Yeah. You know what else could have gone better? What? Lunar New Year. <laughs> I don't know what you mean. What? It was so... So we went to uh, Disneyland and California Adventure yesterday, Saturday, mm-hmm. and... Part of the goal. Well, there are a few goals. <laughs> One of my goals was uh, I'm going to buy the Han Solo shirt and vest. And they had so many vests. I so excited. Look at all these vests that are small. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I am not a small. I eat. I am fat. <laughs> so I got my shirt, but I didn't get my vest. I need that vest for something that we're going to talk about <laughs> later. Um, I did get to go on rides with the Resistance. But, uh, yeah, the food festival, should we talk about that? <laughs> yeah, so it uh, premiered this past weekend. Um, 
I guess the first thing we noticed were the crowds. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a given. Like, yeah, it's opening weekend, so there are going to be a lot of people. But, oh boy, like, the lines for all the food stalls and carts and places were so long. If you're familiar with California Adventure, and I know a lot of our listeners are, one of the lines went from the uh, Jumping Jellyfish ride, and it went and wrapped around all the way in front of where you'd watch World of Color, and then it turned and went back towards basically the front of the where you purchase the food again. Yeah, yeah, and that's the line to pick up your food, so you <laughs> still have to stand in line to order your food. Which wasn't actually, honestly, too bad. Like, it went pretty quick. But, yeah, like, I thought that, like, that line was just, like, a, it, it looked pretty long. But I didn't know it was that long. Like, if I hadn't known, I probably wouldn't have ordered at that time. But we did. Um, and for that line, that was the Longevity Noodle Company. That was the Garlic garlic Noodles and the Dan Dan Noodles. Um, I don't know if we want to talk about how, well, okay, we'll talk about it. We'll, we'll give you the dirty the download well, okay. on it. <laughs> Let's do this. So for the Dan Dan Noodles to start off, would it be a tail, which is a tale to tell, or is it a fail, like if you go to the park and do Lunar New Year, should you get it? For me, it was a fail. I I felt that it the noodles were, they used the wrong noodles. Um, it was basically like spaghetti noodles with um, the Dan Dan, like seasoning sauces is basically like a, they have um meats some meat and then um some greens in there and like a like a spicy uh, i think it was either peanuts or cashew um in it uh so kind of like a dry not like so soupy and i don't know it didn't it was okay but right yeah um i would also say it was a fail and the reason for that is i've had dandan noodles at a lot of places i like i love dandan noodles mm mm-hmm. These ones, like, I'm used to Dan Dan Noodles having spice, but these ones were so spicy. Yeah. Like, I think there should have been, like, a way to control the spice because <laughs> it didn't make it as enjoyable for me. Like, it was edible, and I ate some of it from yeah. Allen's, but, like, it was a little too spicy. Yeah. And I don't know, too, if just, like, the whole waiting for it added as well. Like I, probably, it made me feel spicy. <laughs> <laughs> like I probably wouldn't have waited. I guess close to an hour the total from like ordering to picking it up. Um, I wouldn't. It's not an hour where these were no things, for sure. And then the other one that you got that you let us try was the garlic noodles. Mm-hmm. Would you say that was a tail or fail? Well, that one has potential. Um, <laughs> that's always a good because start it, it did have a really good garlicky taste to it um and i think it also had like parmesan cheese on top which is good um with mixed in with uh spaghetti noodles but as we were eating more of it like there was just a whole like puddle of butter in the bottom either butter or like oil so it just didn't really like i kind of felt a little sick after eating it um, and I know, like, I've eaten garlic noodles in other places, and it's never been as greasy as this one. So I don't know if it's just, like, they're rushing to make it, or we got, like, the bottom of the batch when they uh, gave our portion. But, yeah, it's, um, it's to me, unfortunately, it's also a fail. Yeah, I agree. It's a fail. And it's not, like you said, it's not that it wasn't good. It was good. The butter was pretty intense. Like, <laughs> yeah. He's not joking. Like, the last, like, quarter of the bowl was just butter, like, yeah. melted butter. Um, but it wasn't bad. It's just when I think about going out and getting, like, these specialty dishes from Disney, and this one, I think, was, like, eight fifty. Mm-hmm. I could have made that myself at yeah. home. Like, you just put butter with noodles, put some Parmesan and garlic, and that's what it was. So, enjoyable, but I'd rather just go somewhere and... Like, buy a whole platter of that for probably, like, a dollar or two more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the price point wasn't on par with what you'd probably get um, in other places. Um, also, uh, just to note, we did get the um, Sip and Savor Pass for this. Um, unlike the um, the uh, the last festival that had happened, um, which had eight tabs, this one only has six tabs, but it's only $40 if you're a keyhole 
keyholder member. Um, if you're not, it's $42, so you save a couple bucks there. Um, so that does equate to around like six and some change per mm-hmm. tab, which is a little bit better than paying the $8. Um, and also that's just pro tip too. Like if you do get it, make sure that you use it on things that it costs more than six bucks so that you do get your money's worth. Um, but yeah, and then the other thing I was able to try, um, Sean wasn't there when I got it, but it was the gochujan um, wings, which were also okay. It was a little spicy as well too. The sauce was pretty good actually. It was like a... So a little bit like a sweet, spicy sauce. Um, and it comes with, I believe, six wings. So it was a good amount of wings. And it was good, I would say, though, because it does sit in the cart. This is a cart in Paradise, the Paradise Grill area. Um, it does kind of seep into the wings. So it's not as like crispy as it probably would have been if you got it fresh. So just something to note there. And then I also got the... Um, so I would say that one is like middle tail fail, <laughs> I guess. Um, I love wings, so I'm also kind of picky about my wings. And then at that same cart too, you can also get the Mulan sipper, which is really cool. It's basically a bamboo looking cup, um, and they give you a soda with it, um, soda or water of your choice. Um, and yeah, it's twenty bucks, so it wasn't too bad of a deal. Um, but yeah, it, it kind of, if you're familiar with the Moana zipper that they released when that movie came out a few years ago, it's basically a similar design. It just has Mulan on it. Yeah. Yeah. It was really pretty. Mm-hmm. I liked it. Yeah. It's a good, I think it's a good deal for 20 bucks. I mean, when, when you get like a bottled soda too, it's not the worst. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what else isn't the worst? What? 14 years before I was born, Disney put out a animated movie, which I watched a lot when I was younger. Mm. The Aristocats from yeah. 1970. Yes, I was born in 84. <laughs> and I say that because it's such a wonderful, so many outlets, so many songs, movies, everything references 1984. So I'm happy to claim that year as mine. Good. It can be all yours. Okay. <laughs> but this movie I'm referring to is The Aristocats. Mm-hmm. Sean, why are you bringing up the Aristocats? <laughs> Thank you, Alan. Um, they're actually working. They just announced, Disney has just announced that they are making a live action. I say with air quotes because Lion King was considered live action, <laughs> but it was animated. CG. Um, but yeah, they're going to make a live action Aristocats movie. That's cool. This is interesting because uh, Aristocats, I feel like, is not considered. It's just barely like a Disney classic because... Not a lot of people have seen it. Have you seen it? I have not. I'm familiar with it, obviously, but I haven't seen the movie. But are you surprised? No. <laughs> no, not at all. So is this something that you would be excited for? Yes. I want to see all the live action movies. So obviously I'm excited for it. I Hopefully I'll be able to, if I remember, watch, I'll watch the animated before the live action. There uh, you go. <laughs> But yeah, I'm I'm excited for it, obviously. Yeah, I'm excited. I think it's a fun film. I think what it could really bring to present day audiences is like an idea of jazz mm. because it's very jazz focused. Like there's a group of cats in it that play the jazz instruments. That's cool. Yeah, so I think it could be fun to see like live looking cats playing instruments and I, I hope that they bring more of like the facial expressions to the animated animals, which they didn't do in Lion King, which looked kind of funny. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I think this is a good idea. Um, There's a rumor, though, Alan, within the same article, Uh talking about apparently Disney's chasing after someone to star in another (gasps) live-action remake. What? And this one Mm -hmm. is a movie that I'm more connected to than I am Aristocats. What is it? So apparently Disney is trying to lock down Tom Holland <laughs> to play Miles Thatch in a live action Atlantis movie. Wow. Yes. I think Atlantis was an underrated movie. I think it didn't do well in the box office, but it's so good and it's mm-hmm. so funny. I love the the older lady in it who when there's trouble, she goes, Commander. <laughs> Commander. Commander. <laughs> it's such a good movie. I love it. Commander. <laughs> <laughs> wow. 
So, and putting Tom Holland in that role, I think, is brilliant. I think he would do excellent with it. Because, basically, Miles Thatch is... He's basically like Michael J. Fox from Back to the Future. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I think Tom Holland could pull that off very well. Especially since they're talking about rebooting Back to the Future with Tom Holland. So, obviously, more than just me think that he is, <laughs> <laughs> like, a present-day Michael J. Fox. Yeah. No, that's cool. Like. I didn't get to that part, but I think that would be awesome. I think because Atlantis is such like an adventure-ish type story, like it'll be really cool, very like Indiana Jones, a lot of action in that. Mm-hmm. And obviously Tom Holland is would be perfect for it because Spider-Man. So, yeah. He used Spider-Man? Oh. Well, in... Oh. It depends on the multiverse you're in. Oh, okay. <laughs> the last rumor it talks about here, and this is an article on giantfreakinrobot.com. <laughs> <laughs> it talks about, apparently Emma Stone is being pursued for a, uh, this makes me laugh. She's being pursued for a Corella trilogy mm-hmm. because the first one did well and a lot of people really liked her as Corella, but I feel like... She's already come out and said she'd love to play the character again in a sequel. (laughs) And her and Emma Thompson have already said that they want to do more and that they want the next one to be like a prequel and a sequel. They -hmm. want it to show kind of that, you know, early, like, what, why did, why did uh, uh, she get rid of the baby and go more into that? And Mm. what was between the mom and Emma Thompson and stuff like that? Yeah. So, yeah, the fact that it says here that she's being pursued for a trilogy, I'm like, she's probably not running very fast. She's probably, like, lightly jogging. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, I'd love to see more Cruella. I'd love to see, like, I like how in uh, Maleficent, Mistress of the Dark, we got to see Maleficent get a little darker than she did in the first film. And it's interesting, I think, the way that they portrayed her as, like, She's only the villain depending on how you look at the story. Like, Mm -hmm. she would have been the villain to Michelle Pfeiffer's character, the Queen. But from our eyes, we saw the whole journey. So we got to see her go a little dark, but never dark enough to where she was, in my eyes, a villain. So I'd like to see Cruella in that light. Like, I'd like to see them go down this path of maybe there's a different reason that Cruella wants to gather the, the Dalmatians, or maybe it's misconstrued that she wants to make a jacket out of them, or, you know, yeah. just some way to still kind of keep her a hero, but, like, depending on how you look at it, then she could have been the villain. Yeah, or even, like, because, yeah, at the end, she didn't seem like she hated dogs, so if that was her kind of fate in that showed in the actual animated movie, like, what happened that caused her to just, like, want all those dog first oh and one thing that i thought was really interesting in the live action corella is there's a quick line that talked about how it was rumored that corella was gonna use the dogs to make the coats Mm because she kidnapped the dogs from emma thompson more so to uh, mess with her and it was a real quick line that she's gonna use them to make coats so i'm like well that's interesting because I feel like the Corella live action is what really happened, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. But the cartoon is the myth that grew around her as a character. Like that's the character as seen through the good people who are watching this <laughs> unfold. Oh, I heard that she was this. Oh, let's write a story out of that. That doesn't and, happen these days. <laughs> and I feel like uh, Sleeping Beauty is the same. Sleeping Beauty is the fairy tale or myth that came out of the commoners that watched as Maleficent turned into a dragon and attacked their king. Mm -hmm. So that's what I like about these live action movies that kind of aren't just a retelling of the original story, but give more life to the villains or other characters. Maybe they'll do that with Aristocats. Yeah. Maybe it's not the cats that are playing the instrument. It's uh, someone else. And maybe we'll finally get that movie about the mom in Beauty and the Beast who needs six eggs. (laughs) And why she's so desperate for that. (laughs) I want that. What's his name? Um, Who did that? Oh, James Corden. James Corden. Yeah. Yeah. If you get a chance, go on YouTube (laughs) if you haven't seen it and look up James Corden's rendition of the Disney sequels that are coming. (laughs) Because one of them explores that mom. I need six eggs. (laughs) And why she's so desperate to get the six eggs. It's amazing. (laughs) Yeah. What's up next? Well, something that isn't as amazing 
um, MCU officially scraps two of their series to be, be released in 2022. No! Yeah, well, the, the good thing is that they didn't say that they're not releasing it ever. It's just they're going to delay the release of these uh, probably in the following years. So not this year. Um, and those series, uh, the first one being Secret Invasion, which was going to have Amelia Clark, uh, Kobe Smulders, and Samuel L. Jackson re- reprising the roles, um, that is delayed. And I'm really sad about this one, but season two of What If as well is Aww. not going to be premiering this year, so we won't see a sequel of The Zombies um, yet. But only time, I mean, you know, we just got to be patient. Patience is a virtue. So hopefully it'll come out in the following year, maybe even early 2023. As a Hufflepuff, I have patience. I am a patient person. Opposite day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sucks. But I, at the same time, I feel like this isn't horrible news. Because mm-hmm. I remember what kind of derailed me from enjoying and finishing the Netflix shows is they're coming out so much yeah. that it was like, ah, I can't keep up. <laughs> Luckily with um, Disney Plus, I feel like what they're doing that's good is they're putting out the shows like a week at a time. Mm-hmm. So at least it doesn't feel like if you get behind, you're like behind a whole season. You're just behind an episode. So I think I think if they keep doing that, I, it'll help. And yeah, I still look forward to these shows. I think we'll still have enough in 2022 with marvel to keep us uh, busy and hungry yeah and i mean like if honestly if they're delaying it because like maybe there's they just need more time for the story like by all means take as much time because i don't want them to rush and do something that's like half halfly done so yeah yeah and i imagine what's probably happening and this is kind of a theory of mine is like with morbius for example it was slated to come out in january and then suddenly it's coming out in March, and there's rumors that Andrew Garfield's going to be in it now <laughs> because everybody loved him in No Way Home. So I imagine if that's the case, if that's what they're doing with something like Morbius, they're probably, like you said, adding things or holding it back because we're going to get more story laid out, and it probably fits better somewhere else within the continuity. So yeah, I trust you, Marvel. You've given us, what has it been now, like 13 years of incredible movies and media and shows and I trust you to keep this MCU alive, and I know you're making the right decisions yeah. to do that. <laughs> I mean, just given proof is given to all the series that they've been putting out, like most of them, yeah, were, were great. Are great. So the only one I feel like that's not universally universally celebrated is Falcon and Winter Soldier. But even that one wasn't a bad show, and yeah. it, it still gave us strong storytelling, and it still moved forward the characters for us. But yeah, just compared to what we got with Hawkeye, WandaVision, and uh, Loki. Those are so great. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, keep it up. The only thing that would make me happier is getting uh, free Disney money. I love free money. Okay, it's not entirely free. <laughs> uh, right now, if you have a Best Buy account, that's all you need is a Best Buy account. You don't need anything paid for, like either a credit card. You just need to have gone on to Best Buy and created an account. Uh, you can actually right now buy a $50 Disney gift card mm-hmm. for $45. Nice. Yeah, that's a 10% savings, and people are, like, losing their minds over this. <laughs> like, that's a free $5. Yeah. But, I mean, that's still cool because you can use these gift cards for things like hotels or merchandise or park tickets. So if you're planning a vacation, that adds up. So you might as well get a bunch of these gift cards and save $5 for every $50. Yeah. And this is, I believe, one of the most, like, the, the biggest discounts people have seen because, like, Costco, Sam's Club, again, like, this, these are the ones that you need memberships for. I don't believe their discounts are as big as this. I think it's, like, around, like, 6% usually. So this is awesome. Just, like, a little pro tip if you want to do that. Um, snatch it up. I don't know when the sale ends. It might end by the time you hear this. Hopefully not. But um, and if it does, you know, keep checking back on Best Buy. Maybe they'll do it at a future date. But yeah, just FYI, if you're looking to save a few bucks, check out Best Buy. Disclaimer: This is not an ad paid for by Best Buy. But Best Buy, if you hear us, <laughs> hi Best Buy. Do I need to climb a building and give you my phone number? <laughs> Dressed as a uh, geek squad. <laughs> but you know, 
I'd appreciate that. I appreciate that. you. I appreciate you too. Thanks. And Disney appreciates us because we're key holders and they're doing a key holder um, appreciation month all of February. Ooh. Very exciting. Um, so, yeah, next month we're going to get quite a few things or key holders are getting a few, you know, free things, free swag, which is awesome. You know, everyone loves free things. Um, some of the free swag includes uh, Magic Key sunglasses, which will be available at the main entrance to Cars Land across from the Blue Sky Cellar, which is also where you'll find the blue the, the key holder lounge. And then there's also mini prints. It's funny because they used to call them posters, like I believe like a few days ago. Now they're being called mini prints because they're not posters. They're like... <laughs> They're like a little bigger than a postcard, basically. But yeah, they they'll have a print of the um, mountain ranges um, of Disneyland. I believe it's like uh, the the Radier Springs mountain ranges, and I think there's also one for um, Space Mountain. But anyways, those will be available from February first to the fifteenth. Um, and then there's also one based on transportation vehicles, like the monorail and such, that will be available on the sixteenth uh, through twenty eighth of February. And then if you're a fan of Avengers, they also have will be giving out uh, blueprint lithographs at the World of Disney um, and the Winterground Gallery in downtown Disney as well, too. There's also some cool food, drink, and merch as well, too. The one I'm super excited about is the Magic Key Slush drink, which comes in a really cool Magic Key sipper. Um, Basically, it looks it's the same design as a popcorn bucket, but in a sipper form. So excited for that! And then also there'll be a special drink at Max or Ralph Brennan's Jazz Kitchen in Downtown Disney, which is called the Imagine Cocktail, which has gin, obviously, uh, based on the name, sparkling wine, mint syrup, lime juice, and when you swirl it, it actually changes color, which is exciting. Um, there's also a special shake at Black Tap Burgers. There'll be a collectible pin at Wetzel's Pretzels, which is kind of cool. I'm excited to see what that looks like. Um, and then also at DCA and Disneyland, they'll have Magic Key drink tumblers um, that you can get and also smartphone covers. That's exciting. Yeah, so a lot of cool merch if you're a key holder, which I know a few out there that have one, so I'm sure we'll probably... Schedule a trip out there next month a couple times. Yay! Yeah. You know what's also exciting next month? What? Super Bowl! Sport fans! Yeah! (laughs) Yeah, so um, I don't know if you know, but basically the Super Bowl is coming to L.A. So to celebrate that, um, ESPN is actually going to be in... um, DCA. They're going to actually broadcast some of their programming um, out there. They're going to be in the that like courtyard area where you watch the the World of Disney or sorry the one the uh, the the Fountain Show. I'm lost my train of thought there. World of Color Show. World of Color. Yes, right outside the pier. Um, that little like stage area. They're going to set up ESPN over there. Uh, so that'll be fun. They'll probably you know broadcast. Um, some some of their updates about the Super Bowl there, and then I'm sure they're gonna like go out and ride between um, between the broadcast. So that'd be cool to like you know some content right there. Um, and yeah, I, that's the major thing. So if you're a fan of football, check it out. Awesome. Yeah, I was hoping that they would kind of like bring back ESPN zone a little bit since that building. I don't think they're using it right now since the VR experience is over but it looks like all of the uh, football festivities are going to be in the park interesting yeah you know what else is in the park what the Pixar pal around gondola Ooh. yeah have you been on it I have. I actually kind of like it. I always prefer the swinging gondolas. Oh, thank you. Nobody <laughs> likes those. They're How come fun. we've never gone on it? I don't know. I love the swinging one. They're fun. I'm a swinging kind of guy. Wow. This is a family <laughs> show. I tricked my mom one time to go in the swinging gondolas and she hated me for it. Yeah, I took an ex on it and he looked like he's about to cry. He was so <laughs> uncomfortable by it. I was like, this is fun, right? He's like, no. I don't. It's not like you're, I mean, knock on wood, but I don't 
feel like you're going to fall off because you're in this cage. Yeah, I, I don't get that either. <laughs> but uh, the reason we bring it up is there's been a new addition to the gondolas. Yeah. There is a new teal color one with Ian and Barley on both sides of it. So one side has Ian, one has Barley. Mm-hmm. These names you may recognize from Onward. Yeah, that's exciting. Yeah, so now Onward is legit. Yeah. <laughs> welcome to the Pixar family, what, Onward. Welcome. <laughs> you know what else may be legit soon, and uh, people have mixed feelings about it. What's that? So there has been a leaked picture from the set of the Multiverse of Madness. Mm-hmm. Apparently, there may be another actor playing an alternate dimension Tony Stark. Ooh, that's exciting. Yeah. And it's actually, I mean, it is exciting in some ways because it harkens back to when Marvel was making the first Iron Man, they heavily wanted this actor to be Tony Stark. So I think it's kind of like a tongue-in-cheek, like, if you know, you know kind of joke. And, like, Marvel actually didn't want to take a chance on Robert Downey Jr. at first because if you remember Robert Downey Jr. back in 2009 (laughs) – he was like coming off of, you know, like drug and alcohol addiction. Yeah, he was yeah. the bad boy. So Marvel was like, should we work with this guy? And then they took a chance. And I think it's one of those things like when you believe in someone, they like get better. Mm-hmm. So it did help Robert Downey Jr. And we all know and love him as Tony Stark. But the actor I'm referring to who was seen on set in a outfit similar to what Tony Stark would wear is Tom Cruise. <laughs> so i was excited but after that news i'm not excited (laughs) but i mean that's yeah like if you're kind of in on the inside joke of it i think that is kind of cool like that they did that it's kind of you know funny i hope it's not like a recurring thing that we'll see him in the iron man costume yeah, I mean, you're right. I mean, if it is just him in one movie, that's fine. I don't want to see him become a new Iron Man. And yeah. I actually don't think he would because yeah. he's, like, in his, like, what, mid-60s? Mm-hmm. And the only movies that he's really committing himself to for an action role is the uh, Mission Impossible movies, which usually do really well. And even those, he's stated that, you know, he can't do those forever. So <laughs> I don't think he would com- commit himself long-term to a Tony Stark role. But wouldn't he have to be in the movie for, like, 60% of the whole thing in order for it to be Oh, I hate that. I, I, <laughs> that would, I know you're referring to the yeah. Mummy remake, which I still haven't seen. I've been meaning to, but, yeah, after – he wanted to be in it, like, 51%, so they, and he was in it 49%, so they had to, like, add stuff, which I guess was to the detriment of the movie. <laughs> But yeah, just a heads up, like, apparently Multiverse of Madness is going to be pretty cray, like, with all these rumors of people who are going to be in it. Like, I'm here for it. Like, even if Tom Cruise is in it, it's not going to ruin that movie. That movie's going to be amazing. It's going to be madness. Madness. You know who else is mad? Who? Moon Knight. Moon Knight. Oscar Isaac. Alan, we didn't have to wait until Super Bowl for a preview. <laughs> no, we didn't. They like released it the day after that we <laughs> yeah. got that news. So, uh, what do you think of the Moon Knight trailer? I'm excited for it. Like, it just gives me more excitement because I don't know anything about the story, um, and this is the first time you get a glimpse of actually like what it's going to be about. Um, and I didn't know Oscar Isaac was going to speak in a British accent. Yeah, like, it makes sense. One of his personalities is British. But, uh, yeah, they've made some pretty big changes. A lot of people saw Moon Knight as the Batman of Marvel. Mm -hmm. But in the show, it looks like he's not a millionaire. No. (laughs) And the other thing that he's been more aware of in the comics is that he is aware of his multiple personalities. But it looks like the show is taking this interesting turn where he's not aware. And it looks like the personalities may be able to kind of take hold of him while he's a different personality. Like it shows his hand almost like being controlled by another personality. And like someone calls him and calls him Mark and he's like, who's Mark? Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's I'm really excited. And it looks I mean, like, this is just basing it off of the trailer, but, like, it looks like a movie more than a TV show. So I feel like the production quality of it is going to be pretty good. So, 
Yeah, that's the thing when Marvel announced these shows that they would be uh, movie quality. So yeah. yeah, we're basically getting extended movies in episode format, which is really cool. Yeah. And then we did see uh, Ethan Hawke is in it playing what looks to be a little known villain from the comics. He's only in, a few, uh, I think, one or two Moon Knight comics. Oh, that's it? Yeah. Oh. So it looks like the theory is that they may be uh, kind of making an, how do you say that word, amalgamation <laughs> of this character along with the sun god, which would make sense because... Moon Knight, I don't know if you know this, he's powered by the Moon God. What? <laughs> wow, okay. Wow. So, yeah, so it'll be uh, the Sun God's avatar versus what looks like the Moon God's avatar. Mm-hmm. Um, Ethan Hawke plays Arthur Harrow is his name. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So this comes out in March. Uh, it looks, too, like it's going to be, to my excitement, kind of a horror-themed show. Like, we get almost, like, creatures coming at him, like, Mm -hmm. in the elevator, different things happening. Yeah, it looks pretty dark, which is going to be pretty different. So, yeah, I'm just, I'm just super excited. (laughs) Excuse me. Yeah, it gives me hope uh, about the uh, Netflix shows, you know, Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, um... We don't like to talk about Iron Fist, but Iron Fist, uh, The Punisher, like those shows were so dark. So this gives me hope that we may not have as violent of shows come over to Netflix, but we may have as dark of shows come over to Netflix for those as well. Mm -hmm. So that's cool. That's fun. That is fun. I'm excited. The other thing that they've looks like they've taken liberties with is in the comics, uh, Mark Spector, or you know whoever you want to call him, whichever one of his personalities, uh, Lockley, um, he has a man-made costume. So he's just like Batman in the comics. He's a millionaire with a man-made costume, but he, in the show, it looks like the costume is magical. Like it yeah. showed it almost like wrapping around him, like it's an Egyptian mummy. Yeah, that was cool too. I like that. I don't. It sounds like that's also in the comics too, but like it looks his costume is based off of a mummy kind of thing so that's kind of cool yeah i think yeah. that's more more the show than the comics oh, okay <laughs> yeah so yeah i think it's an interesting character i think they're making interesting changes to him to make him more exciting on the screen because mm-hmm. a lot of his stuff in the comics is very like cerebral like he's struggling with his different personalities but they found ways to visualize that struggle yeah Alan, yeah, we're going to New Orleans we for are. your birthday. Mm-hmm. Your birthday is February fourth. Mm-hmm. We're going the fourth through the seventh. Mm-hmm. And what's gonna? What are we gonna see there? We didn't even plan for this. <laughs> no, we're going during the Chewbacca festival. Yeah, Chewbacca. Yeah, <laughs> I love this name. It's crazy because I like yeah they're. Mardi Gras, it happens in February, but I didn't expect going and, like, going to see Mardi Gras because, um, like, Fat Tuesday is usually towards the end of February. But actually, this is going to be the first parade or the first cruise, what they call it, um, that will come out. So that weekend is when we're going to see the first parade of Mardi Gras, which I don't even think they held Mardi Gras last year because of COVID. So, just kind of fate happened where we're going to see this. And it happens to be Star Wars themed. Yeah, so little history. Bacchus was the Roman god of agriculture, wine, and fertility. Mm-hmm. So, there was an event called Bacchanal where it was like a big orgy of sex and wine and partying. So, when you take Chewbacca and put it with Bacchus, you get Chewbacchus. And like Alan said, it's basically a Mardi Gras and it looks like um, it's mostly focused on Star Wars, but I read here that it looks like it's just a celebration of, like, nerddom. Yeah. So we should see a lot of different, like, sci-fi type element stuff on their website on uh, um, MardiGrasNewOrleans.com. They have a description of it, and they say they're... Through only three simple thematic rules regarding costumes. No unicorns, unless they have rocket thrusters. <laughs> no elves, unless they are cyborgs. 
wine bots will be airlocked into the nearest black hole. <laughs> wow. So this is definitely a nerd fest. I love this. Yeah, this this whole group, I guess you can say, because they are kind of like a, not a cult. Like, you pay membership fees, and you just, like, participate in me- me- meetings. But there are actually 150 sub-crews, and each of them pay homage to, um, you know, various sci-fi things things um even fantasy horror and just everything that's kind of like like you said nerdy um so yeah it's not fully only exclusively star wars it's just celebration of nerdiness which is kind of which is awesome and i'm excited for all the throws basically you know mardi gras really famous for the beads that people throw out whether or not you want to show the goods they'll if you're at the parade, they'll still throw things at you. So I'm curious to see what they are. Sometimes they're handmade, especially for the parade. Um, and other things are just like things that people buy to pass out. So, mm-hmm. yeah, we're going to get some cool swag. And we'll definitely take video and pictures of it and post it on Instagram. Yeah, and here's uh, from the website exactly how they uh, refer to themselves. The 900-member intergalactic crew of Chewbacca's is a sci-fi-themed Mardi Gras parade, as well as a self-described satirical space cult. Cult! (laughs) Hey, did you hear Once Upon a Cult's coming back? (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, it just sounds like something that's very much uh, up our alley and something I'm very excited to accidentally get to see. (laughs) Yeah. You know what else I saw? What? I read the Life Day comic. You sound so excited about it. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> it was okay. Like, it was fun. I just, I guess I expected it to talk more about, like, what Life Day is and kind of explain some of the traditions or things like that. And it did an okay job doing that. Um, so what this was is four different writers, including one that I really like, Steve Orlando, uh, who writes Marauders, which features Emma Frost and Iceman, but I digress. Uh, they got together and they did little mini stories within this one comic. And what it was kind of good at doing is it showcases Han and Chewbacca. And even, I really, I was excited about this. In the Star Wars Holiday Special, it introduces Chewbacca's family, including his wife, Malata Buck. <laughs> and it mentioned her in it. He was going wow. home to see Mala. I was wow. like, yay, continuity. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it takes place mostly in Batu, So you get to see Oga come out and... Uh, She's kind of a bad butt. Like, she's exciting as a character. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, it it was fun to read. It just didn't give me anything, like, heavy-hitting into, like... I guess I wanted it to kind of tell me, like, if I go to Batu, I should look for this. Or I Mm -hmm. should expect to buy this drink. Or, you know, like, reference different things around Batu that kind of enrich it. Were there any pictures of a really long line to go into um, Rise of the Resistance? No. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, One of the stories that stuck out, though, is it did have a Jedi Padawan who was Mm -hmm. a Wookiee, which we don't see that as much. So, yeah, I thought that was cool because they were going back to uh, Kashyyyk so that he could celebrate Life Day with his family. Nice. And for those who don't know what Life Day is, it's basically the Wookiees version of Christmas. Yeah. Or the holiday. And, because I guess they weren't available for a little bit, but you can buy this toy version of Chewbacca dressed <laughs> in his uh, red robe dress. It's best to look at it with your eyes closed. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so cute. And he's holding the Life Day orb. I know. It's adorable. I was going to get one if you didn't. I got um, the Life Day Orb was actually in the comic, but it was used more as like a weapon because oh. <laughs> Han was holding it and somebody had a gun pointed at him and he used the orb to throw on the ground to blind them and then he like <laughs> shot them. <laughs> so yeah, I thought that was fun that the orb was at least mentioned, but he destroyed it. So oh, no. I guess there goes that. <laughs> wow. Wow. So I don't have a cover Disney for you today. But it is that time to get into some spoilers for Book of Boba Episode 4. Yeah. Episode 4. I took notes. Four. After three. So, did you like this episode? It was good because, 
We'll go into more detail, but we figured out how um, the Mandalorian met, or not Mandalorian, sorry, Boba met Fennec and how he saved her life. Yeah, that was a deep cut because that happened in, I think, season one, episode six, that he actually, that she got hurt and that we didn't know what happened to her. Yeah. Which I was kind of surprised. Like, why is she just back? And why is she buddies (laughs) with Boba? We finally know why. Yeah. And it's pretty cool how he does it, how it happens. So I wonder, like, do you think this should have been in the first episode of Book of Boba? Or do you think it was well suited in the fourth? I wouldn't mind for it to be, like, in the middle. Um, okay. Because it, it, like, I feel like the previous episodes was more about, like, Boba's journey and, like, how he escaped um, the monster, which the, the monster's name is escaping my mind. Star like pet. And um, just how he kind of, like, evolved because, like, he then met the, um, the sand people and then is going through that kind of journey. So kind of focusing on him first and now with him and Fennec. It did cross my mind. I think it was episode two when Boba Fett was kind of injured and thrown to the ground. And he tells Fennec like to go after the assassins and Fennec alive. I was like, why, why is she cowing down to him so much? Like she's a bad, butt bounty hunter and she's just following. But yeah, this episode shows us that she owes him a life debt because he picked her up from the desert floor where she was left for dead and took her to someone to put the uh, cybernetics in her, mm-hmm. which I think added a layer to her. And we've we've gotten hints that she has these cybernetics, but now we know for sure. And yeah, she, she I, I put here Fennec is a Terminator. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, we get to see why she's loyal to him. We get to see how they met. And um, I thought that was really cool. I thought this episode didn't. It didn't really have, like, the cam and fixers are, like, the different things that some other episodes have had, like, making Tatooine a water planet, which, like, added to the layers. But, like, it was still exciting in its own way to see this history laid out. Yeah. And at first we did think, like, oh, is Fennec, like, a droid or something? Yeah. Like, what's going on? But, yeah, it's just they use the cybernetics to heal her. Yeah, we were wondering if, like, cut open, she was an actual droid. But, yeah, they just, like you said, they added the droidum to her. Yeah. So the other thing that I love seeing is in Return of the Jedi, I call him the, this isn't a bad word anymore, I call him the bitchy droid. <laughs> <laughs> because he was the one who was talking down R2, like, feisty little one, are you not? I will soon show you some respect. We got to see him again in this. Yeah. So five years down the line, he's still working at Java's <laughs> Palace. <laughs> and yeah, so he was back. And then we also had the little droid that was the yeah. troublemaker that all three of us watching it were instantly like, I want him. Yeah, this is like the Groot or the Grogu or Baby Yoda of Boba, like, I want him now. <laughs> he was such a cute little skittery droid. Yeah. And I'm glad that they reprised him at the end, too. So hopefully there'll be mer- some merch about him. Yeah, if they're smart. Yeah. I think for me, the highlight of this episode was the Battle of the Sarlacc, the Pit of Carcoon, if you will. Yeah. So we got to see Boba Fett go back to the pit to get his armor back. But then it's found out that in his ship it's found out that the pit is still alive. Mm-hmm. And so it attacks and it has them by its tentacles. And we get this whole showdown of the ship versus the pit and the ship wins. Yeah. The ship. What are you, what are you talking about? The ship? I would call it the fire spray, Alan. <laughs> oh, okay. It's such a cool name. Yeah. Fire spray. <laughs> I hate this name. <laughs> like I, I've said it before and I'm not like a bitter Betty, but I missed the name slave one. I thought that was a cool name for it, but we do have a new name now, which we can refer to it as fire spray. Mm-hmm. I'll admit when I first heard Grogu's name, I was like, that's the worst <laughs> name ever. That's so stupid. And now like it fits him yeah. or her or yeah. them. It, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and that's the thing I liked about this episode, too, is that we got to see that that ship again. That ship shall not be named. <laughs> Fire spray. <laughs> Fire spray. Um, you know, just always cool to see um, vehicles reprised. So, yeah. Yeah, and if I remember right, this is kind of where the Mandalorian picks up because we had seen 
uh, Boba Fett trying to recover his armor then from the dead Sarlacc. Mm -hmm. So this is why the Sarlacc's dead, and this pretty much just fills in all the gaps for us. Yeah. So we probably won't get as many flashbacks anymore in these last, I think, five episodes. Honestly, I'm not... Not complaining about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, the name Fire Spray, it's pointed out that the type of the ship is the Fire Spray 31 class patrol and attack craft. So Fire Spray then is just shortened from the type of ship it is, which I'm not crazy about. Mm -hmm. um, the name I know will grow on me. I'm not, I don't hate the name, but yeah, I just wish it was something different than like the, uh, the Millennium Falcon is a Corellian yacht freighter so we don't call it the corral <laughs> you know we call it the millennium falcon yeah so yeah but again don't hate it it'll grow on me yeah or i'll just call it the ship yeah ship <laughs> boba's ship yeah so so far still a really strong season so far i think the only thing this show may suffer from is the fact that it's so catered to the nerds that yeah. if you're not in on the nerddom it may be like confusing or it may not be as exciting because you're like who cares? <laughs> but for someone like me, I'm like, oh my god, it's all coming together. Look at this character. Look at that character. Look at that drive. Look at that. Wow. <laughs> what? I'm excited. I love it. I still prefer The Mandalorian over Book of Boba Fett, but yeah. I'm not complaining. This is no. this is amazing to see more of this character that I think a lot of us have just really loved and enjoyed since he premiered in Empire Strikes Back. Well, actually, technically, <laughs> do you know this? Technically, he was in the holiday special first. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We as, talked about it in yeah, one of our episodes, right? Yeah. So, yeah, technically the holiday special. But I first saw him in Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> and, oh, yeah, the other thing I really liked about this episode is, in my opinion, one of the things I talked about is, like, how Boba Fett is a lot, like, more good in this series, like, mm -hmm. we see him being more of just wanting to please people and do stuff the right way. To me, this episode kind of makes sense now as to why his character would be less of a bounty hunter and more of a peacemaker. Because they kind of showed that being eaten by a Sarlacc, <laughs> he's kind of like, I don't want to work for anyone anymore. Yeah. Like, I did it, and I was eaten. Like, I was loyal to Jabba, and I was eaten. Yeah. <laughs> so it gives me that sense of, like, the bridge between who he was and who he is now, which I really appreciated. Yeah, this is definitely like a love letter to Boba Fett because it just makes you like him a bit more and just understand like where he's coming from and the struggle. He struggled a lot. Yeah, and I was eaten <laughs> by a Sarlacc. <laughs> so yeah, great show. If you can't tell, I love it so far. <laughs> it's maybe one of my favorites. What? <laughs> no. no, that just was a segue to bring us to our favorite moment of this week. Yeah. Should I brag a little bit? I'm going to brag a little bit. This uh -oh. is my favorite moment. Uh-oh. Listeners, <laughs> favorites, I love my job <laughs> because we have a new program where they give us $300 a month for health and wellness, and I just learned on Friday that part of that health and wellness encapsulates theme parks. <laughs> Specifically, it said Universal Studios, Disneyland, and Disney World. So apparently, this $300 I get monthly that can add up because I don't have to use it. It rolls over. We can use it towards Disney World later this year, which we've been talking about. And now it's going to happen. Mm -hmm. We're going to Disney World again this year. Yay! <laughs> Yay! We're going to Disney World. Thank you, color. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's awesome. And I love companies that do that because, yeah, like... Work is stressful, um, mm -hmm. so it's nice when companies appreciate that, especially now when we're in that whole like great what walkout or where everyone's like quitting yeah. their jobs, like the great resignation. Resignation, yeah, that's that's the one. So it's just nice to see companies that are showing appreciation for the companies right now. It's funny too because on the call uh, with they're called Twic is the program, and they're like a company that color has partnered with for this program even the lady on twig somebody asked her like how do we know like what it's good for or what can we use it for and even she was like color is very liberal <laughs> with this program <laughs> more liberal than any other company apparently i could buy video games wow <laughs> through this program because i mean it's true like health and wellness is so broad like you mm -hmm. know 
part of when I was going through a depression from losing a previous job, being laid off, is I was going to Disneyland. Like, that made me feel better to go with my good friend Victoria to Disneyland and just, you know, walk around, dance at Electronica, which kind of tells you when this period was, <laughs> or just go on rides, just, you know, just get lost in this world that Walt Disney built where you can't see the outside. So, like, that was my health and wellness. So I appreciate that they're recognizing that. Health and wellness can mean a lot of different things. Well, yeah. Yeah, because everything, you know, people find joy in different things, not just one yeah. thing all the time. So, yeah. What's your favorite moment? My favorite moment, probably not as exciting, <laughs> but we went on Star Tours yesterday. Oh. And oh. we saw the best fighter pilot ever, Poe Dameron, mm. as a hologram, because um, I don't really get to see him that often, and... I was sitting in the center, front row. It was just, it was just like made for it. So that was very favorite of mine. Yeah, like I recalled like seeing him before, but it's been so long since I've seen him. I forgot. I typically, when we get that, you know, um, what would you call it, the sequel trilogy like run on that ride, mm-hmm. I usually get Lando. Yeah, and then if it's not Lando, it's usually BB-8. So yeah, I don't, I barely get Poe. Yeah. It was great. It was not a Poe choice. I was excited. And maybe it was fitting because he went on to that water planet. Okay. <laughs> this is a family show. This is a family show. <laughs> With that favorite, um, yeah, I'll, I'll uh, put him in the corner for a little bit for that one. But thank you for listening, and we will see you next week. Yeah. See ya. Bye. Bye.